Hello everybody and welcome to Brumwagon. You will not get there on a road bike. And actually you can get your gravel bike also to cycle indoor. Yes, finally. I have to say that Simon hooked me up and now in the last one week, tomorrow one week, so six days, I'll be spending a lot of time on my indoor trainer. I bought a Wahoo Kicker Core thanks to my friends in Obstengemuse. It was something like a display uh, trainer and I got it there and I'm super happy to have it here. Uh, it was a great price and uh, yeah, now I'm spending my quarantine days outside in the balcony riding at least twice a day. Once in the morning uh, before breakfast and one in the, once in the afternoon once you get cooler more than colder. Cooler because here the weather is amazing. I'm spending a lot of good time and actually my mood ramped up pretty quickly and on top of the Wahoo Kicker Core I put first of all my Open Up. I think it's a perfect machine for that. I had to put a bit of uh, yeah, hand working in order to fit my cassette, my 1042 cassette with XD, yes it's an XD uh, freewheel drive. And yeah, it took a bit of time, but now it's working and it's perfect for my riding time. And uh, so my open up, it's perfect as well for this kind of things. It's really, really, really an eclectic machine, like I do. And so I'm spending a bit of time on uh, Watopia, 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 you know what I mean, Swift. And I'm spending most of the time there. And as I was saying, I'm getting a lot of fun. I'm still trying to understand how to set up things. I'm not a gamer, so I'm really missing some of the things there. But as I was saying, I'm having fun. And I also talking about, uh, yeah, electronic, digital, virtual riding. I enjoyed a lot the Tour de Flanders digital that they've done on Sunday. I'm talking about the one with the old pros all together. Um, I think the name it was Virtual Tour de Flanders? Virtual Ronde? I don't remember, you got it. The one that was won by Greg Van Avermaet, first one for him. It's crazy. Um, it was a virtual one, they were waiting for that. And they also watched the beat, the, um, I think it was Ronde van der Swift. Yes, something like this, where the team of my friend Riz won and uh, yeah, the Swift Cycling Club, I think it's named ZCC and yeah, they won it despite the fact that there was also Matthew van der Poel there. Congrats, congrats Riz, congrats your team. So having a lot of fun there and also don't forget that I'm watching some of the films that have been produced around in the internet in this period. Um, the one that I watched this uh, weekend was, the name was Cycling the Length of Sweden. It's amazing. It was an, um, in free renting time for the last weekend. I got it, I watched it, it's a lot of inspiration. Probably I need to interview the directors, the guys there. Yes, probably I will. And because it was really, 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 really good. And apart from that, yeah, don't forget to support, if you can, uh, my friend Andre with these shin bars. For example, now I have to buy another uh, jar of this protein, uh, organic, vegan, um, gluten-free, I think. Amazing chocolate protein. I love them. I think I need to get some because actually with all this indoor trainer, I'm really emptying up the bucket. Ah, by the way, if you want to follow me on Swift, just look for my name and surname, Stefano Nucera. You're gonna find me, add me there. And if you want, just give me a shout and we're gonna make something together, right? Uh, at Z, also at Zone to Talk, whatever it is. But going back to Andre and Shimbar, just go to their website and use the code BROOM with B, capital letter, 30, and you're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna get a 30% discount on the things that you're gonna buy. Last thing that I want to say, and then we are gonna jump into the episode. If you go on my blog, and the name of it is calamaro.cc, cc like cycling club or like uh, country clothes, no. It's Cycling Club, you know what, you, what I mean, right? Calamaro.cycling Club, you're gonna find an amazing article from my friend Andrea. You know that I'm getting more and more nerdy, thanks to him. He wrote an amazing article, by the way, on why small brands innovate. And uh, yeah, they innovate and they do amazing things out there. 
we talked about um, one brand that is really close to my heart, obviously, it's Open. And the other one is Evil, that is the brand of Andrea's uh, mountain bike. By the way, his mountain bike is amazing. It's really great, Evil, you're doing a great job. And obviously I talked as well of my about my uh, 3T Strada. Because yeah, we are supporting the same kind of thoughts all together, innovating more than being okay for all the people, the customers there. Just by being pioneers, you can really get the best results. So we talked about that. Read the article. He wrote most of the article. I just put my two cents at the bottom. So go on calamaro.cc is the first article on top. We are going to write way more articles in this period also about that. Last thing, really, uh, last thing that I want to say, uh, Chris Sol, my good friend Chris Sol, super well known in the Instagram, super well known in the cycling world for his event and charity events and stuff like this. Amazing guy great friend is producing now a new podcast the name of it is zero lemon podcast and i had the pleasure and the honor of being his host so the host for an interview to him it was the episode number five we spent together a full afternoon and we made an interview that was really deep and really personal and i'm super happy of being part on this path together with chris same thing that I was super happy of being part of his path also during the Atlas Monterey's. He's a great friend. If you can support him, if you want to listen to his podcast, I think it's really great and he's doing something amazing for the community. It's good time to go to the episode and sorry for six minutes and a half till now. So I met Michael during the Atlas Monterey's as well. We were on top of an amazing path. Uh, sorry, Pat. Uh, what am I saying? Amazing pass, exactly. And he was having a really, really hard time and I decided to make it even harder, making him silly questions. We got a solid bunch of love about that. I love his attitude. I love the way that he sees the world of cycling and also the world in general. And so we continued talking talk, talk about also after the event. And then uh, we talked also a couple of weeks ago because he was launching uh, his film, name of it is Cycling for Soup. We talked a bit and we decided to put everything here on record, something like an explanation on how it happened and why. Well, now the uh, film is also on YouTube, so look for Cycling for Soup, otherwise it's everything listed in the link down in the description. But then I sat together, together with Craig, that was the director, uh, I think he was the director, yes, Michael, that was director, producer and everything, and Alvaro, who was the main character of this film. We sat together, it was a huge interview made of four people, so sorry if you're gonna listen some weird things in the editing, it was pretty tough, but I hope you liked it, because yeah, the spirit on this interview was amazing. I will let you be and we'll talk to you at the end of it. I truly believe that this one is an episode of an interview that I arranged and we arranged together in the fastest one. Everything, all the conversation started two days ago with Michael. And uh, yeah, you're going to know more about that because I saw this amazing project that Michael, Alvaro and Craig put together. And I want to have the three of them into my podcast now. Two things. I'm super happy that this happened super fast. And I'm super happy that now today we are going to stress this tool at its best because I've never done an interview with four people involved. So just expect a lot of mess here. Anyways, I will finish with this bullshit here and I will start straight away with a presentation. So Alvaro, Craig and Michael are the core part and the whole part of a project called Cycling for Soup. Now, I will let you guys introduce yourself because I don't know how to interact with four people at the same time. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, great. How are you? <laughs> Is everyone else there? Sorry. I can't yeah, hear. No, nobody wants to say hi or goodbye. And I truly believe that at the moment we lost... Michael's sound because his connection is not stable better because I don't like him maybe guys Alvaro and Craig that you're still <laughs> on the recording <laughs> if you want to start introducing yourself and probably Michael can make his way up <laughs> so yeah I'm Alvaro um, I'm originally from Spain but I'm based in in England in London um, yeah um, I have a 
very extended, explored background, and yeah, just uh, loving every single every single challenge or anything that can get in front of me. Great. Yeah, I'm Craig. Um, I'm a filmmaker based in London. I work primarily in uh, digital online content, so anything from commercials to uh, short form documentaries. That's great. Let's ask Michael if he's still there. Okay, Michael is not there. Maybe I'm going to message him and say to come back because we are already missing him. Or probably he wants just to be um, behind the curtain, let's say, and let you guys talk. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I love when these kind of things happen. I probably <laughs> will keep all the recording in this way. Now, Michael is out. Let's see if he's going to come back. Okay. Recording in process. And Michael is here. Hi, Michael. Hello. Sorry, guys. No worries. We were waiting for you here. Do you think that you can give us an introduction about yourself or you will continue being act like a precious guy without telling us anything? Sure thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, my name is Michael Drummond. And, um, yeah, I've been a photographer for the last, um, I don't know, maybe 16, 17 years um, and shooting professionally for the last 10 or so, I imagine. Um, but, yeah, just kind of loads of lifestyle work. Um, commercial sports and lifestyle for all sorts of brands um, and yeah I mean I met Alvaro through BMX uh, I guess over the last five years and since then we've just kind of crossed paths taking pictures and running skate parks together and um, yeah I guess that's me in a nutshell that's perfect and uh, for you people out there I met Michael in a sector, there was this section, this segment during the Atlas Mountain Race. It was stunning, by the way. The road was really, really bad, but the view was amazing. And on top of this view, I stopped him asking him silly questions. That's why we are friends, and uh, yeah. because we hate each other. And that's great. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, from the curveball questions that you know, the worst point of the race, you know, losing my food, pushing a bike up 10k of hills. And then this man pulls out of a four by four asking me ridiculous questions. I mean, it was a match made in heaven, wasn't it? It was an amazing thing, because that's usually my job. So put you people because you know, you are putting a lot of effort on riding the bicycle in this kind of weird situation. And if I would just ask question about bicycles, an easy thing would not be funny. Asking you stupid thing in a completely weird way. Well, that's my funny part. <laughs> and it was welcome as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think that today is not going to happen so much. But yeah, let's see. First of all, I will start from a question, guys, that is actually not listed in the list that I sent you out. And yeah, it's not a surprise. It's just something, you know, easy, but just to warm up. Guys, how, two things. How do you know each other? And second thing, how bicycle, um, yeah, bond you together? Because you have made this amazing project about cycling and about documenting an amazing cycling adventure that Alvaro did. But the thing that I want to know is how do you know uh, each other and how did you get together and how Bicycle is involved in that? So, well, as Michael said, uh, Michael and I have known each other for years through BMX, which happens to be for anyone who's out there and doesn't know, is uh, those little bikes... Uh, to jump and do tricks. Uh, we've been doing that for years, so we've got quite a strong bicycle background. And I've met Craig through Michael, because they've known each other for long as okay. well. So I know that Michael is a cyclist. I know that Alvaro is a cyclist, of course. He's the main character of the movie. What about you, Craig? How is bicycle inside of your life? Well. Yeah, I'm going to put a bit of a spanner in the works here and say that I used to be a skateboarder, actually. So I never really used to get on with uh, BMXs. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, that was that was a long time ago. Um, yeah, so basically, in a, in a nutshell, me and Mike have worked uh, professionally together um, with a couple of different agencies. Um, and we've got kind of friends in common in London so I've, I've known him for a number of years and we've worked on other projects together and he basically explained uh, this kind of brainchild cycling for soup 
And um, as soon as he kind of started telling me about Alvaro and what he planned to do, I was my ears pricked up and um, I was very interested to jump on board. So I think that's kind of, um, as, as soon as he kind of told me about it, I, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds like a journey. That sounds like an amazing trip. Let's let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, that's it seems like, I don't know, really something to, to dream about. But how long did it take to make a plan and to start this adventure? Because usually there are two categories of this kind of plans, right? You decide it on Monday morning, uh, sorry, sorry, on Monday evening in the pub while getting drunk and then you start traveling already on Saturday. Or on the other side, you are thinking about that in a cold night of February and then you make it happen in August after a long preparation. Which one of the two levels was it? <laughs> um, I'd probably say it was the latter. I mean, I think Alvaro came to me i guess the back end of the year maybe november december um saying that he wants to cycle you know back home to cadiz where his parents live um and i guess we kind of like started bouncing around ideas as to like why you want to do that and you know what's the reason for it so i guess we kind of came up with the name first and then he had the route in mind and i guess from december through till march april we just were just shooting loads and loads of content just to kind of create, just create some good stuff for my portfolio for Alvaro, because he does a lot of athletic pursuits like Ironmans and what have you. Um, and we kind of just sat down and, you know, created all these videos and stills to pitch to brands. So it, it was like a long drawn out process, but we made some great stuff and, um, you know, um, yeah, we were really happy about it. So there was a lot of planning involved um and yeah then craig came on board at the kind of point where the project was you know almost like stuck in the mud you know we couldn't get the funding for it and everything else so um yeah it was a long long cold february night <laughs> to answer your question <laughs> okay, okay 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 it makes a lot of sense and on the other side you were mentioning uh, that obviously the idea of the ride came directly from alvaro alvaro what the hell Oh, oh, happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a uh, couple of years ago, I started, two, three years ago, I started doing all these endurance activities, uh, which I found really appealing. Um, the year before um, this ride, I went to my, to Madrid, I cycled to Madrid. Um, but it was, it felt like a bit of a cheat. Because he was through England and took a ferry to the north of Spain. So I was like, what? I need to do this. I've always wanted it to go to my parents' house the actual way. So from my house all the way down through France and all that to my parents. Uh, so, yeah, I was thinking about it. I checked the route and, and I was like, oh, like, we could actually make something out of this. And, yeah, that's why I, I, that's when I contacted Mike in there and, um, yeah, pretty much he, he shaped my idea. Perfect. Still talking about, so you said that a couple of years ago, you bumped into endurance, endurance cycling and stuff. But as I understood, you have a pass as BMX rider. Then I saw from the video that you also have a towel and on top of the towel is written... Iron Man. So it seems like also triathlon and Iron Man is inside of your experience and bones. How did you arrive actually to get to the ultra endurance cycling? Um, years ago, I met this guy at a wedding and he was talking about this thing called Iron Man. And I was like, I was, I was just amazed. Like he, he was talking about these distances and I was like, oh my God, like one day I'm going to do one of those things. Unfortunately, at that point, my lifestyle was not similar, actually pretty far from how I am these days. <laughs> um, yeah, I was uh, really into like partying and smoking and all these things. Um, so yeah, years later, I was like, all right, I'm just going gonna, I'm just gonna to do a triathlon. And I did a triathlon. And as soon as I crossed the finish line, I was like, I need to do something bigger. Okay. And um, from there, within a year, I had completed it. 
the the three distances of a triathlon, half Ironman, and a full Ironman. And it's, it's at that point where I'm like, I'm I just found myself searching for for longer and bigger distances. And it's, it's just that I don't know if it's the time that I spend doing it or not, but um, it's like it's a, a feel a feeling of fulfillment inside whilst doing it and the training that um, comes with it that that makes me makes me happy <laughs> okay yeah we all have a period in our life when we need to get endorphins in our body and actually the best way to get endorphins is doing this kind of uh, yeah activities like long sport activity cycling running or whatever it is i think it was something like at the point of all our lives so i can completely see you on that <laughs> yeah um yeah it, it's it's pretty much that um everyone talks about that yeah how when when you are exercising the release of the endorphins released uh, um is related to not just like mental health and all that but yeah i, I guess it's that but it's, it's the whole process behind it as well. It's not just it's not just racing, you know, because sometimes in my head, although I, I do still race and all that, is is the training, is is the action of doing this whole thing. It's like a, in my head I see like a big video game, which which is just like super fun to go through. <laughs> yeah, I can see see this video game thing and actually something like going stage after stage in order to get to your goal. So getting the goal is probably not the thing that appeals to the most, but actually following the processes. And actually I saw from the video that actually you are one of those planning junkies. So I can see the point that for you going stage after stage is something that appeals to you a lot. Definitely. <laughs> I'm that person who makes lists. <laughs> yeah. Lists yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes, Excel is my best friend. We are going to go there as well. I just want to ask you another question, Alvaro. Then we are going to broad up a bit more the, um, the, the conversation. So you are from the south of Spain. Is it exactly Cadiz? Or... Yeah, it's Cadiz. Well, I was born there and that's where my parents are based now. But I was raised in the north. I lived in Madrid for a long time and, and in Burgos, which is like a little mountainy place in between Basque Country and, and Madrid. But yeah, I'm originally from the south. Okay, yeah, I, I just wanted to ask you that because I spent one year one year of my life in Jerez de la Frontera. So Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm from Algeciras. Ah, oh, perfect. That's why I was asking you. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, 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 great. And also a super good friend of mine that is from um, from El Puerto. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of friends there, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, the question that comes into my mind is, okay, it seems like that all of you have anyways experience with bicycle. Everybody apart from Craig that is a skater. So, skater. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do cycle. I do cycle. Okay. And that's then perfect, guys. Why did you decide then to go two person into a car? Um, I think that was, you know, the plan from the get-go. And I'm kind of glad that was the case because not long after the trip, you know, like I did a couple of long rides and realized just the gravity of like how how hard it was, you know, um, like 200K, 200 50k some days back to back was just ridiculous i mean i mean we were doing so much filming with alvaro beforehand and he was keeping pace with um uh, a car my friend was driving i was in the boot taking pictures and filming and they were just steady at 30 miles an hour and he was keeping up and i was like i don't think i can keep up with that you know and, and then i realized the gravity of it like if we if my, me and craig got fit enough to film Alvaro whilst being on bikes, we'd have to go, you know, 15% quicker to get ahead and get, get off the bike and get the shot. Um, so it'd be a very, very rushed process. But maybe next time, Lane, for me, definitely, I think Craig can say the same is that since the trip, we've definitely cycled more and been inspired what Alvaro did because it was just monumental. Um, so I think it was a realization that I'm glad I didn't think about cycling with him <laughs> <laughs> for the trip um but yeah it was it, i think it just made sense to kind of have the car and have a nice point of 
we don't we don't need to be cycling every day so that was uh that was a gift to ourselves we made sure we had <laughs> yeah it makes sense i mean I guess from, yeah go ahead prig from a uh, from a uh, filmmaking point of view we kind of we just wanted well i joined the project and just wanted to um kind of get involved and and document the trip i wanted to kind of make the best film that we possibly could and and document it in the best way that we we thought we we could get the greatest footage possible and and that meant you know us being in a car we you know if if we would do something like this on a bigger budget we'd have a, probably a lot more than just one car we would have like a crew car and maybe like a a support car for alvaro and all this kind of stuff um this was a really shoestring budget. It was literally, we borrowed um, Mike's mum's car, <laughs> uh, the unsung hero, a red Volkswagen Golf, was it, Mike? Um, uh, polo, Polo, yeah. Polo, Volkswagen Polo. Um, absolute dream to drive, but um, and packed everything in there, and and then we were away. And it was, it was just, you know, um, have, having that freedom to be able to, uh, drive along Alvaro and get those uh, beautiful shots of of um, him kind of struggling was something that really added to um, documenting the journey. So I think that was, you know, practically the main reason why we did it. Um, I would have loved to have joined Alvaro on some of the parts of the trip to cycle with him. But as Mike said, there, there's no way at that stage of my life that I was fit enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the video, so many times that it was Alvaro saying, oh, I'm struggling a lot. Oh, it's so hard. Oh, the Edwin, it's so bad. And then I saw also a couple of times that he was saying, uh, but I went that fast. It was 29 kilometers per hour for 300 kilometers. I went that fast. I did this, I did that. And then I thought, okay, this guy is way stronger than... Is he claims being so I can completely I would have to do exactly the same thing never never follow these crazy fast guys in this way yeah I think um it makes you realize like where your level's at um and I, yeah it's just the we constantly strive for actually in the car like we'd go up some climbs and the car would struggle and we'd go up and jump out and you know we'd be in a position because we were far enough ahead and we'd turn around and he'd already be halfway up a climb and you'd be like, what the hell? Like the car struggled. And he would, there was only one point we actually saw him get out of the saddle and like power up a climb. And it was so frustrating because we were like, we want to see him suffer. We need some drama. Where's the, you know, the grinding and the, oh, I can't do this climb. And he just, it didn't, you know, I'm not trying to inflate his ego, but we wanted to see him suffer more. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it just made it too easy. I'll blame the food. It was the good food that I was eating. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. It was all the bars that I was eating throughout the ride. Okay, okay. They were powerful then. Okay, so you are telling me, guys, that all the suffering that I saw during the movie, during the film, it was all fake. It was pretending to suffer. But on the other side, you actually, with no sweating, with no drop of sweat, you actually arrive from London to Cadiz with no problems, right? Because it looked like. It did look like that. No though. way. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, um, there was a couple of times where we, um, well, we, we, I think one of the big problems we had is we'd, we'd lose him because of how we were tracking him and then we'd find him at some point and he'd you know, be shivering in the middle of a road because it was like torrential rain and headwinds in Burgos and other times it was too hot just outside Seville and, you know, he was basically delirious. So in these weird positions where he'd be elated and then we'd find him an hour later and he'd be, yeah, like a broken man, um, which was, yeah. There, there were like the peaks and troughs, you know, and um, yeah, he he's not invincible, which is good to know. Alvaro, how do you feel about that? I'm far from invisible. <laughs> Tell us more about that, Alvaro. Tell me which one were at that point, the moment. So we are going to take out drama from this podcast and then we're going to talk about cool things. But did you find some time that you were saying, oh, wash, it's incredible, it's impossible. I'm going to, I don't know, take a cab, <laughs> go back home yeah. or jump on a car. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I don't think I can mentally... <laughs> 
take myself there, but definitely I, I had the thought. Um, there was two points which Michael has mentioned. Uh, during, from San Sebastian to Burgos, which is like the mountain part, which I I knew that that was going to be the, the hard day. Uh, there was a storm hitting hitting Spain at that point, and that storm was precisely where I was at that time. So it became the probably I would say is the worst that I've ever had on my bike. Uh, it was like 50, 50 kilometers an hour, so thirty mile headwind on a flat road that went for ages, and yeah, it was it was hard. Like I was I was a bit scared because as as Mike said, I kind of lost them. I couldn't see them, but I couldn't see anything around me. So I was like, well, if anything happens right now, I can't really go anywhere. I can't even cover myself from the rain or anything. Um, I had several punctures that day as well because I had a little piece of something on one of my tires. Yeah, it's, that day was, was really hard. And there was another one that was so hard that I was just going through coffees and sugar and I, I, I'm not really a person who likes to drink sodas, but I was going, I was going through, through cokes like, like, like a maniac. And yeah, I was in, <laughs> you know, you get the tunnel vision and it's hot and you're tired and you're just thinking about what the hell am I doing here? But yeah. Uh, that was quite towards the end of the trip as well though Alvaro so yeah. you had done a lot of miles to get that point so I think I think you were probably suffering a lot from lack of sleep as well because I think it, it's it's kind of hard to tell from the film and and it was something that we you know we tried to illustrate as much as possible but throughout the trip we were literally getting to the next destination then and then we'd spend probably like an hour and a half or two hours trying to find somewhere to camp um, where we wouldn't get, you know, into trouble. <laughs> and um, so then by the time we got to sleep, we'd only have like four or five hours sleep and then have to get up and go again. So I think that was, it wasn't, yeah, I'm not going to take anything away from Alvaro, but it wasn't just Alvaro that was tired. It was everyone was tired because we're all doing the same journey. Um but yeah, I think there was there was big low points. But you know, I'm I'm you know in a way really happy <laughs> that it rained so much <laughs> because it kind of gives the film a lot more drama. <laughs> um, so so I'm glad. Yeah, like Mike said, like I'm glad that Alvaro struggled in some bits and he's not invincible. Um, <laughs> next next time we're going to make it way harder. <laughs> I can imagine already yourself something like I don't know already pumping yourself up or whatever, Craig, and talking about you when you saw the first drop of rain at a certain point. Yes, we cannot do this kind of film without one rainy day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need, you you really, you know, in, in a film, you, you really want to kind of add a bit of drama and a, a bit of tension and, and to have a day that kind of... Um, was really rough on Alvaro there there was a there was a big moment where looking back on it now maybe I should have got my camera out but I was driving at the time and we had basically lost Alvaro for about two or three hours um we were using whatsapp um live location to track him and it kept on bouncing um like it would say two kilometers north and then we'd drive that way and then the dot would bounce back and we'd be driving up and down the same road um managed to find him eventually and he was hunched over his bike shivering trying to put on his gloves um and yeah rather than going straight for the camera i ran straight out to help him so <laughs> we're all in it together so we wanted him to finish the you know finish the race rather than die trying <laughs> thanks for that by the way <laughs> Okay, it seems like we touched already a couple of low points for Alvaro and as well, same low points uh, from the car on struggling to get, yeah, the trip to finish. Let's put it in this way. It looked like pretty, yeah, interesting and tough. But something that actually also I saw um, is about the preparation. So I will let you answer for me to that. Uh, one characteristic that I've seen, it was Alvaro, the least master 
listing up a lot of things to to bring with him and everything like this and shipping also um yeah packages of food in his destination planning already where it will arrive at which time so this means that the plan was everything on point was really that on point or you got also some i don't know freestyle times oh definitely um yeah, nothing always um, goes to plan. Uh, we try and keep it as as um, not just planned, but like trying to see what was going to happen as possible. But because um, I'm a bit of a how I'm not a nutritionist, and I'm far from it. But I try and uh, take care of what I put in my body. So also I'm plant based, so. It's not it's not as easy to to get food everywhere as as for a person who who eats meat and all that. Um, so I was thinking that being that a problem, how would I sort it out in terms of uh, fuel throughout the ride? So we Mike and I came up with the idea of posting parcels of food to places and then picking them up. That would also give it like a little like a little extra to all the trip and everything and it didn't turn out the way we planned it but it worked because uh one of the bits as you can see on on the video my sister had to drive to a place where um where she had to deliver me that that food because in at the beginning she was gonna cycle with me for a day but that plan didn't turn out really well so she had to drive all the way up to a mountain quite far from where she lives and and deliver that parcel with food. But it was cool. It was, it was a different experience, a good experience as well. Well, man, you said actually that you, you like and actually you usually plan what food to eat or whatever. But at the beginning of the film, I saw as well you eating some burger with fries or whatever. <laughs> Sometimes you also, you know, know. it's something different. <laughs> I would say junky food, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a veggie uh, burger. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it was it was a veggie burger. And uh, funny enough, my girlfriend was the first thing that pointed out watching the video too. <laughs> and, yeah, I'll have to say that although I do like to check what I put in my body, obviously when you're on the road there's there's limits. You need to take exceptions. I think I ate quantious amount of chips <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 <laughs> perfect yeah. yeah 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 i can see completely the point but um what i wanted to ask okay we talked about planning we talked about laws we are gonna keep the last thing even if we are getting there for the end i want to ask you about the highlights then we talked about some low lights but highlights they are for the three of you a moment that will stay forever in your life and uh, yeah which one were those ones and uh, how would you describe those to me um all right i'll start i feel like i'm the only one talking <laughs> um for me um i think it's um the i know it's gonna sound typical but the last day which it was a climb before the descent into my parents' house. Never rode that place before. Um, it was super scenic. It was it was beautiful. It was downhill all the way for like 40k into my parents' house, which made it super nice <laughs> after all the, all the days. But it was we stopped like I don't know, like two three k from my parents' house to film some stuff and and I was just looking at, at Craig and Mike I couldn't hold but I think I, I yelled something I can't remember what it was but the 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 feeling I had in that moment was I still feel it every time I think about it and it's it's just really rad yeah I remember what you said it was a really like loud shriek <laughs> <laughs> it was like, like yeah all this pent-up excitement just kind of yeah exploded out um uh, I, I think i'd agree though that that section um and that was certainly one thing that i would love to ride personally as well that that mountainous section there's like two national parks um on that part of andalusia um and they're just phenomenal 
I mean, uh, it's one thing I kind of neglect now is that Spain is this beautiful destination and it used to be maybe like 15 years ago for holiday makers but now you feel like oh you want to go to bali or thailand or what have you but spain has got so much to offer um and those two mountainous regions and the mountain which we pass where we pick up the parcel from your sister alvaro's sister um was just spectacular i mean utterly incredible roads fantastic lakes um yeah, I think it's just one of those things by bike. If you get to take yourself through an environment which you wouldn't normally go to, it just makes it that much more satisfying. So, yeah, any time we kind of pass through a mountainous region, it was just, yeah, pure bliss. Pure bliss. Um, I feel like in terms of highlights, it's that it was, you know, a, I guess it ended up as like a two-week trip. like. Um, from start to finish but it felt like we were literally away for a month <laughs> there was because because we basically woke up with a sunrise and you know had woke up with the sunrise in one city and then you know saw the sunset in another city it was I think just the journey as a whole was just an incredible experience to be part of um it's so difficult to say like what one key highlight was because um there was so many like, amazing moments but i do think you know the realization at the end that we were actually going to make it and we were going to make it in time and that we'd gone through this amazing journey together i think that kind of definitely um definitely sunk in like, right right on the like final straight but um yeah, man, it was so, it was just yeah, really kind of humbling to be part of it, and I'm so happy that Mike basically suggested it for me to to join the crew to start with. Um, you know, b- before I'd even been involved in this, I'd never met Alvaro before. <laughs> so, um, and and now like all three of us, I think we're like really really close friends. You know, you go going through a crazy journey like this and spending that much. Um, time with each other in close quarters really it can either make a incredible friendship or or kind of destroy something that was never there um and i'm, I'm really happy that it was the first one for me anyway um yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah, feel, I, I feel the same. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Alvaro. <laughs> <laughs> I was really in the awkward situation saying, oh, damn it, Alvaro hates the both of them. Or Michael is still silent, so I don't know. <laughs> what, one, one amazing city, though, that I... Because um, I wasn't involved in the planning, so I didn't know um, where we were going to go, what the cities were going to be like, so everything was a new experience for me when when we got to this new city and this place um called avila in uh in, in spain is this incredible kind of city which is basically like a giant castle um and like seeing that in the distance was like what we're going to that <laughs> it's like that's insane that looks like something from like a i don't know like a disney movie or something um yeah that was nuts um, but there was so much incredible scenery. I think Spain is, is, has an amazing landscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, another thing that I can add here, maybe correct me if I'm wrong there, guys. Uh, talking about Spain and cycling in Spain and cycling in the south of Spain, I can tell you that what I saw and what I experienced also, the car drivers are so respectful. Anyway, first of all, there are not, not so many, especially in Andalusia, there are not so many cars. And on the other side, People are anyways respectful, even if you don't see so many cars there. The feeling that I had, it was that, yeah, really they respect cycling and stuff. And that's also another good point. Definitely. Um, I felt uh, I felt that, obviously, as, as I was on the bike. Um, but what, even the guys being in the car, like driving quite slow, I don't recall any incident with anyone. We did have a little, a little just... Um, a thing which I'm gonna let one of the guys say with the police, but it was minor and it was actually fun. Yeah, it was um, basically we were following quite close. Like go back to the car kind of situation because we couldn't hire anything for the journey. We used my mum's car, and um, 
it's right hand drive so if we wanted to be filming and be next to alvaro the driver couldn't do it and obviously in the uk we'd be driver up front passenger on the front and the left but when we got to um uh, uh, dunkirk we had to like repack the car so whoever was filming had to sit in the passenger seat right behind the driver so it became this really awkward situation and we were i think it was the first day in spain we were kind of just cruising next to alvaro i guess like doing like 20 miles an hour and there was about six police cars at a roundabout Oof. and they pulled us over straight <laughs> away and being like you know what are you doing but this was all in Spanish. And I was like, no habla espanol. Like, I don't speak Spanish. He was like, it's not my problem. And luckily, Alvaro, like, I think maybe he turned back around or, you know, came up behind us and explained the situation for us that we were filming a documentary for charity. And, you know, it was okay. I mean, if we... He dropped the C-bomb, didn't he? He did. He dropped that charity bomb. And it was just like, oh, it makes everything better. But he got us out of his situation. And if Alvaro wasn't there, we were just, you know, filming and he went on, we would have, yeah, been in a pretty rubbish situation. Um, but yeah, that, that was the only time we had any issues with traffic. I mean, the rest of the time, like, obviously Alvaro was cycling, but there was no problem with us, like, driving with hazards and being next to him, like, real safe distances and people going around. And um, what was amazing as well is loads of main roads have like a secondary road, not far from them. So as much as the motorways were full of cars and traffic, just, you know, 200 metres away, there was this really quiet, I think they're A roads in Spain, which were just empty and really great road surfaces. And that's what Alvaro used most of the journey. Um, so it meant we had some great opportunities to get close and film long stuff and shout the boot, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, yeah, really good roads. I mean, I'm definitely going to go there and cycle myself and maybe chase Alvaro on the next one. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I can see you doing it, Mike. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. You're always stronger than me anyways. Um, you were saying actually about something about the charity. There was a charity as well goal on the on the movie, on the video, on the film. Yeah. Do you want to start that off, Alvaro? Have a little explain the situation? Yeah. <laughs> so... Um... Yeah, as part of as, as part of the ride, obviously, uh, one of the main reasons was raise awareness about um, different things that affect me or uh, my concerns in in general life. Uh, one of them was uh, MS, which is multiple sclerosis. Um, so yeah, I wanted to raise uh, money and awareness for the MS Society here in the UK. Um, this condition affects to some people close to me. And and I thought it was, I've done it in the past, I've, I've, I've done different events, uh, raising awareness for that as well. So I thought it was a good opportunity, as well as what the people from Trite Freedom Foundation, uh, the fight against modern slavery. And again, I've done some stuff with them, some volunteering and, and other events, raising awareness and, and funds for the charity. They do and a splendid job there helping and things for like human trafficking and all that which i think is stuff that um not many people know about and and it takes just a little to be to be able to help these guys uh with their with their duties because it's it's just an amazing job what they do and, and it just it just makes me makes me happy seeing that people actually care about these other people who don't have the sources after government founds and everything finishes with, which is what these um, these companies, uh, well, not companies, but charities, um, stepped in. That's super cool, actually, that you are saying that also because, okay, obviously, uh, the multiple sclerosis, it's something... We can all see. Uh, we can all. We can all actually see how how is the problem. Where is the problem? And how important is to give out some funds for research in order to yeah to defeat this condition that is really bad. But the other thing, the other topic that you picked up, that is uh, the modern slavery. It's something that not so many people see. 
Um, everybody thinks about yeah, slavery as something that happened in the 1500s on, uh, on the move on the slavery, the African slavery from Africa to the America. But that's something that happens also nowadays in the modern era as well. And I remember that I talked as well with Naresh, another guy that I met in another one of these uh, ultra-endurance races. And he did exactly the same to raise awareness against... Yeah, for this kind of situation. And he made a trip from India to Hamburg, so from India to Germany, with a tandem, with an empty seat behind him, exactly to raise awareness on that. And I'm super happy when also other people from completely different background, from completely different side of the world, are still keeping this cause as an awareness cause. And I'm really, really, really happy to talk again about that here in my podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's, um... yeah it's definitely... Go, go, Mike, sorry. No, I was going to say, it's, it's super prevalent everywhere. And um, like you say, there's not much of a focus on it because it goes unnoticed. It's an invisible invisible problem like i think it's like every like 2.1 people for every thousand people in the country are trapped within it in just the uk um and i think Alvaro mentioned like tribe are doing amazing hands-on volunteer work as well as awareness stuff to highlight the problems there um so it's it's really great to be like working alongside the charity and seeing what what they do and like influencing positive change um and the idea of a tandem there like the metaphor for having an empty seat is yes yeah, incredible and it's such a massive journey as well mm-hmm. um yeah that's wild do you want to add something else about that alvaro um no 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 that's that's good perfect yeah. <laughs> perfect um cool guys now i think that we have to tackle the main topic of the of the interview of the talk of the conversation that we're having and it's food so guys who was the one eating the most during this trip and maybe if you want to split things in teams was the guy on the bike eating more or the guys into the car eating more i think it's a, it's a dangerous mix because like we were in the car for so long we had like snacks you know we could just like cram in sweets and biscuits and stuff but you know whenever we'd stop alvaro would order two lunches or we'd finish the end of the day and he'd have two dinners and um I, I guess he maybe he takes the win. It makes sense that he takes the win. But Do you, you think know, so? I mean, I don't know. I felt like I was eating as much as you just because I'm greedy. I feel like that car was full of <laughs> snacks every time I, I looked at it. The suspension did lower a little bit every time we stopped. You know, like we cram in more like nice French Madeleine cakes or crisps and avocados and bread. Um, it was basically like a really intense 10-day picnic for me and Craig while we just watched <laughs> yeah. eat energy gels and SIS powders. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's move the conversation there one step forward. The name, I think that we never named it during this episode, but anyways, it's going to be the title. So the name of it is, the name of the project, the name of the film, the name of everything is Cycling for Soup. Now, first of all, I want to start here saying, Alvaro, nobody believes that really you arrived home and you only asked for a soup. Nobody believes on that. It can be because, you know, after a lot of junky food on the road, blah, 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 you wanted something healthy, but nobody believes that you sat on the table only to get a soup. First thing of all of that. Second thing is that there was for sure something else, something else that you were looking forward for. So... To just summarize the question in one single, I would say, dish at the point, one single meal, I would say, what were actually, what was, which one was the menu of your dinner once that your ride was over? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got some people saying the same thing before. Um, the thing is, what is not showed on the video is the amount of soup that I ate. <laughs> so my mom made three kinds of soup and we, three of us, devoured like there was no tomorrow. Okay. Uh, one of them, there were three types. Uh, okay, so <laughs> it was the, the one that I liked the most, which is like, um, it's like a courgette soup. Super, super nice. 
Uh, it was a carrot soup. And do you guys remember the third one? That was Oh, yeah, it was artichoke nacho. Well, oh, was it? Sorry, sorry, I didn't hear it. Artichoke. Okay, artichoke from Oh, wow. Okay, okay, artichoke soup. Yeah, but these were so-so as well, accompanied by other, like, just typical, like, um, how do you say it? Like, uh, like the starters, the typical Spanish starters, like olives and this and that. But yeah, I guess because because my body was still on the on the finishing the ride a daily ride, protein shake, going to bed after the shake, like that felt like that was enough. And yeah, it, it took me like a couple of not a couple, but like I say, yeah, maybe one or two days to go back to be like for my body to be craving normal foods because I wasn't really eating. Oh. I don't know how to say it. Well, guys, okay. <laughs> I was I was eating, but but it's like you know what you I mean. You weren't eating, Alvaro. You were drinking, weren't you? Because you were drinking soup. Yeah, 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 but you know what I mean. Like wanting a normal meal. Okay, okay. Let's put it in this way. I can completely understand that it's a bit complicated for you, Alvaro, to answer to this question because the name of the whole project is Cycling for Soup, so you don't want to actually to uncover the curtain behind which one was the main meal after your ride. So, guys, tell me more about that. So, this is a question. And you don't answer, Alvaro, please. Craig and Michael, okay. tell me what <laughs> did you eat at that moment? To be honest, I, I was really hungry. <laughs> I can see it, <laughs> like, you know. Uh, yeah, the last the last part of the journey, we we couldn't really safely film too much on the on that big descent because there was no passing places, so we couldn't pull over. So we just went ahead, tried to get some lunch, ate some food, and then it was like three hours, four hours until we got back and was in his parents' house eating soup. And we had a lot of soup and a bit of bread, um, but I think I just stuffed my face with like crisps and chocolate in the car. I mean, I was like, like a six-year-old kid, you know, just eating rubbish. Um, and then I think we got like sandwiches for our journey back after. Like we, 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 myself and Craig, as soon as we got there, we kind of like set up the interview and then did the soup scene. You know, his mum would be cooking all these soups. And um, we, we, we genuinely had soup. I wish I had a hamburger or something, just a bit of carby. Because like we... We were flagging, uh, <laughs> and then the next day we left to get a ferry. Like we we um, just disappeared from Cadiz, and I think Alvaro went for a swim on a belly full of soup. I mean, so we didn't. Yeah, yeah. What Mike was saying, we didn't hang around, so we couldn't go and get fast food straight away. Uh, the next day, we we loaded up on soup, then basically had like twelve hours sleep, <laughs> then woke up. Then got in a car and put in the sat nav um, London, and it was like thirty hours. <laughs> and then we and then we drove back. Like that's what we did. <laughs> so that that was the um, that was the undocumented part of the journey that was probably like the hardest out of everything was was driving back in one day. Um, but yeah, food wise, I I like I can't. It's mad. I can't remember what I ate. I, I definitely ate so much sugary food, though, just to keep awake. And, like, I've never drank as much coffee as I did on that trip. Every time we stopped, we wouldn't get just a double espresso. We'd get two double espressos each. Sometimes sometimes Alvaro would have, like, three. He'd be, like, that day when he was flagging saying that he needed sugar, he was literally just like pouring sugar in double espressos and just necking one and then ordering another one. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So we probably drank more than eight. So everybody everybody says, okay, go out, cycle, don't go on the car or don't take a train or don't take a flight because it's way healthier to move from one side to the other with a bike than with, than with a car, with a train or whatever. It's not true. It's actually not true. All the time that you're grabbing a bike and going around the world or whatever, you start taking, eating so much junk that actually you regret, yeah. oh, damn it, I could have taken a flight to a ride there. Am I right? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the money you think you're saving, it's like yeah. then you'll end up spending on food. And like, I think what's worse is like whenever you're in, you go to a country that's not your home country, you'll find snacks and biscuits and chocolates that are like so exciting and new to you that you'll just eat them and then you'll get some more and then you'll find somewhere else to eat some more. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's dangerous. Definitely dangerous. Oh, go watch it. Well, when we got to Spain, <laughs> I remember when we got into Spain, so Alvaro and, and Mike don't eat meat. So I was like the only carnivore. And Alvaro used to eat meat, so he was like, oh, Craig, you've got to try this and all this, like, amazing chorizo in red wine and, oh, God, it was absolutely <laughs> insane. It was so delicious. <laughs> but so I think, I think for me, the food, in, the food in Spain was better than the food in France that we, that we experienced. I think maybe because, Alvaro, you're Spanish and you know what's the best stuff to eat. Yeah, that's probably uh, why, yeah. We didn't have a native French person with us. So next time it would be like, have someone from the, each country to tell us what to eat and where to eat it. I don't know. I think that something like another kind of challenge can be cycling for fondue. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and this would be okay. So arriving, starting from London, arriving in Switzerland, going from, going for, through the old France, uh, sorry, to the old France. And then second for fondue can be also another good thing. And actually, it's good, right? It's okay. Tasty and delicious. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to wait for you here in Switzerland preparing the fondue, even if I'm not good on doing it. But I'm really good on eating it. Cool, guys. I think that we are at the goodbye time, but I will not let you go before telling us everything about the distribution of the film and what is going to happen so today we are uh, so today is thursday the 2nd of april so i know that something is happening today but anyways you're going to listen to this episode episode people next week so you want to know where to watch this amazing film i will let you tell guys whatever it is about this topic so yeah that's right so april 2nd when we're recording this at 6.45 p.m., we are launching it on YouTube as a premiere. Um, we had planned to do some physical releases. Um, there was some advice giving us a hand to do one in Bristol and Brighton, and we had one in London uh, the week before, but the coronavirus situation obviously put us in a weird place, so we couldn't do any more. So we have it hosted on YouTube, and then we're going to have our social channel on Instagram still going. We're going to put a link up on Facebook and you can find it at youtube.com forward slash cycling for soup. And that's number four. So cycling for soup. Uh, we have a website as well. We're going to put up a few pieces, the trailer and the video. Um, so it premieres on April 2nd, but you can watch it anytime you want. Obviously, YouTube is the world's biggest cinema, so you haven't got to worry about seats and you can eat whatever the hell you want. Um, yeah, that's how we're putting it out. And uh, Empora, who have been our media partners on the project, they're going to share it for us. So they did a little piece for us uh, the week before last on the project as well. Um, yeah, and we're just stoked to have it out there now. Um, yeah, check it out. I hope you enjoy it. Perfect, guys. Then what else to say? Uh, looking forward to see the response of people on uh, the amazing film that you have done. Actually, I watched it in a pre-premiere yesterday and uh, I loved it. I hope that everybody here loves it as well. And what else to say, Guy? I really can't wait to, to see what you're going to plan the next. And I know that all the plan is going to be done by Alvaro, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> nah, this is a team effort. Okay. Um, I've got to admit that um, Mike and Craig uh, planned a lot of seed of thought of me as well. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's definitely a team effort, everything that we've done so far and everything that we will we'll be doing. Um, I might be the one on the image, but there's a way a lot more of um, hard job and a lot of hours put up by Michael and Craig, definitely. And I appreciate that too. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I love it. I hope that there are going to be some uh, tears here now also. Something like emotional tears now in the podcast. So it's going to have a boost on plays. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys, Dan. It was really great, 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 great pleasure to talk with you today. And uh, what else? Yeah. 
hopefully see you soon. And anyways, we're going to talk pretty, pretty sooner than that. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, dude. Thanks. Steph, thank you. Stefano, before you go, what's your favorite soup? What's my favorite soup? That's an amazing thing. Um, I usually... The soup thing for me, the soup, the soup game for me is not a game because I can still get hungry forever if I have a soup. So I prefer something more different, you know? I like, for example, <laughs> baked pasta or all these kind of things. And in this period, because we are all locked in, right? We're all locked at home. I'm cooking as a monster. And the thing that they are doing the most, I'm doing, as I was saying, this kind of pasta made in the oven. And I've done one that is a Sicilian one that is name is pasta incasciata, that is actually with aubergine. It's really good. Tomato, aubergine, and then there was inside as well a lot of cheese, of course. And another one I do it, I did it with artichokes as well. Still artichokes, pasta, and cheese. And then another one that I have done that is really, really, really good is with um, zucchini and egg and cheese. Okay. Is it okay? It's still. I think it's still a soup, oh, right? Pasta good. is still a soup. <laughs> yeah, it depends how much cheese you have, I guess. <laughs> it depends if it's creamy. It's pretty creamy. My pasta usually is pretty creamy. Yeah. But anyway, as, again, if you want to do something no. like an, um, a cycling for pasta, I think we can arrange something for you as well, guys. It's not a problem. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Perfect, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you. Ciao. Bye. Thanks. See you soon. So yeah, thanks a lot for listening till there, and thanks a lot to Alvaro Craig and Michael to be part of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I loved producing it. And really, 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 I really want to push you on watching the cycling for soup. It's really the best spirit and the best inspiration that cycling can give us in this period. And it's also really, really good entertaining. And as well, remember that now it's time for planning something to do in the future. Don't be blue on staying at home the whole time, but just look forward for the future. Maybe something must be postponed, but for sure we are going to go back on the bike and we are going to have fun and we are going to have love and a lot of drinks and good time on the sun outside. Or if you want, just go outside with your indoor trainer like I'm doing it in this period with my amazing Open Up. I'm so happy that I'm having this bicycle. The Open is great also on the trainer. I love it. So I will shut it down and I will talk to you next week. Please keep your sunny side outside and smile all the time and don't be blue. We don't need it. Sun is outside. Sun should be inside of you. Bye.